good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And ladies and gentlemen, we have one hell of a show packed with topics. And of course, the main event, the main course, the turkey dinner that everyone has been talking about is, well, what's on Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius's shelf? Well, it turns out that it has been confirmed by numerous sources within the industry that it is a prototype of the streaming box that is coming. We've been hearing about this for weeks and months, and it is, uh, it's a real thing. Uh, obviously, we're going to break down exactly what this means. And, uh, you know, Phil Spencer, you know, man, he, he really knows how to make news, that dude. I mean, all he did was, you know, strategically say, hey, you know, it's uh, the 25th anniversary of Fallout. They sent us these pit boys, which looked awesome. And, you know, it's funny. Immediately, uh, people didn't even care. People could care a flying hoot nanny about the about the the, the the bobblehead that you find in game in all of your fallouts. No, they immediately uh, start running and checking spaces on his shelf. And, well, you know, there are a couple of things on there that had a lot of people excited that may or may mean something may mean nothing at this point. But. We have other topics. We have Redfall potentially releasing in the first quarter, which I think is going to be a big game, a much bigger game than many people are making making it out to be. I think that it is going to be one of Arcane's best. I think that there's a lot to get excited about, especially in the co-op and the fact that it has been tailored to, uh, you know, folks like myself who enjoy a nice single player experience. You're not going to get cheated out one way or the other. Now, I'm going to talk about some Starfield, folks. That game is going to be big. I mean, really big. And uh, we got some uh, a former de- developer who left there, left Starfield, or left Bethesda, opened up his own studio. We got a, we got that interview. And uh, Jez Corden, I don't know if you know that guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a writer for Windows Central, and he also is one half of the Xbox Two podcast. Well, he said something on Friday that got me very excited because, like many on this podcast, many in the in the chat right now people are wanting and have been asking and calling for a dedicated xbox handheld i'm definitely one of them and we got something similar but the price really didn't match what you were getting and of course i'm talking about the logitech g uh streaming uh box that comes out i believe it's actually this week as a matter of fact if i'm not mistaken um and it looks great and a lot of people are using it but the fact that it's only cloud-based and there's no onboard storage, is it worth the 300 Well, here's the thing. Um, I originally had it pre-ordered, and then I canceled it because right now, you know, Mrs. Boom and I are saving for a much bigger place, and that takes a precedent over the handheld. But I also tried to get it to review it for the channel, and, and so far, no dice because, again, this is still a very small channel, so maybe at some point Logitech will – take a look at Double Barrel Gaming, and they're like, yeah, okay, now you know they're, they're, he's big enough or not to review uh, pieces of hardware because that, that's a $300 device. So it would, you know, they want to go to people that have a big following. It makes sense, but, you know, you just never know. And uh, that's going to be the show, but we have a lot to get into. Let's let's welcome in now. The panel right now is a little small. We're waiting for a boxing burger to show up, and we might get a surprise guest at the back end. But Daniel McGee, brother, how are you feeling? And welcome. I'm doing really good. I uh, finally got caught back up on House of the Dragon last night. Nice. So, uh, I mean, it, 
no spoilers, but if you had told me one of the coolest things in that show would be an old man walking across a room, I, I would have not <laughs> believed you. But that a good episode. Good Ridiculously great episode. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My wife and I, believe it or not, as big as Lord of the Rings fans we are, we never sat down and watched House of the Dragon or it's it's it, it's it's uh well it's not in sequels but it's it's um my god why can't i think of the series game of thrones game of thrones yeah we just we watched yeah. the first first episode and a half and we just were never taken by it so yes publicly admitting game of thrones not for me and mrs boom we, and we are movie and show buffs uh but i'm glad you're enjoying it brother that's good i'm, I'm glad that they uh they still have the magic uh for that series and obviously i've heard a lot of good things about this uh, would you say that you need to watch Game of Thrones to appreciate no. this? No, not at all. I mean, there's a couple of things that like you might have slightly more appreciation for if you if you watch Game of Thrones first, but okay. like it, it's a prequel. You know, it's it's not like oh, there's Ned Stark, he's here. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean the only the only negative I have about uh, House of the Dragon and pr- pretty much all of the shows that are going right now. Uh, is that they're really cutting into my game time. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of chance to game. I keep, I keep, I'm addicted to Proteus. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year so far. Honestly, it's, it's, if you like Doom, if you like Quake, uh, and you like incredible uh, soundtracks, that if you're into metal, it is, it's phenomenal. It's, it's just one of the biggest surprises of the year, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, Infinite Umbra. Uh, what's going on, brother? How the heck have you been, man? Are you, I know you guys are uh, setting up for a big show this Friday. Yeah, we are. We are. I've been all right. Boom. Um, you know, just playing a game, a lot of games with the buddies. Uh, I, we've really been getting grounded still, so I haven't really focused on playing on anything else really for the most part. But like Danny, I have been watching the Game of Thrones and uh, House of the Dragon and more other shows. So it's kind of taken me away from watching what I or playing what I usually play. But we got so many other games. I think I'm at that point where I have to go back and just get through the, the, some of my back, my backlog. So I, yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. back to Unity because that was the last Assassin's Creed I stopped at. So I have to finish Unity and I can move forward finally and get with the rest of the world. And, you know, but because I, I hear Odyssey is a masterpiece, supposedly. So I have 40 days in Odyssey, brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 40 days and that's no that's no bs go Jeez. go to my, my go, go go check out my uh my i have almost i think i have every achievement but two wow. it is one of my favorite assassin's creeds of all time mm. it is absolutely without a doubt the a masterpiece would, would you say it's the best for you in the whole series or what yeah number one number one in the entire series i, wow. I for me it I was the first of the three brotherhood games mm-hmm. um i thought the first one was great the, th- uh, the third in the chapter, not so much. I enjoyed the second one as well, but for me, Brotherhood, the first one was top of uh, of the of the food chain. Um, the fourth one with the pirate was really good as well. Love it, Black um, Flag. That's yeah, my Black favorite. Black Flag in the series. was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but for me, Odyssey is by leaps and bounds one of my favorite in the series. And uh, mm, okay, um, I gotta get to I, it. Yeah, it's it's just so good. It, it graphically, it is just it's stunning. It is yeah. absolutely stunning to watch. Um, but yeah, listen, definitely. folks, uh, we, we're going to get into, uh, while we wait for Boxenberger to get here, who's uh, stuck in a work meeting, he'll be here momentarily. I, I definitely want to get into the first topic and the first topic is a small one, but it's one I, 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 I'm, I really want to gauge the community, uh, and get your opinion on what you thought, what, what people think about a handheld. Now, 
it was it was put out there um, by Jez Corden that um, if you were interested in the uh, Logitech G, which is the 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 the, the uh, cloud based handheld, um, that you should potentially hold off. So this is what George, uh, this is what uh, Jez Corden had to say, uh, and of course, as 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 he you know he makes opinions. He doesn't shoot from the hip. He usually is incredibly well-educated. And uh, even though he has his opinions, when he makes statements like this, um, you know, you want to sit back and, uh, and and take notice. At least in, I do anyway. And Jess said simply this. If you're interested in buying a Logitech G Cloud, don't. There's something better on the way. Now, this led to a lot of speculation, and immediately most people equated that with Microsoft or Xbox having their own handheld, their own dedicated handheld, or their own uh, branded handheld with another company. Uh, some people suggested it might be with a Steam Deck that is, you know, decked out for Xbox. Um, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go. Simply because, well, they made a big to do right, over teaming up with Logitech, right? They had it on their website. They had it, uh, the minute it was announced, you can go to uh, xbox.com and pre-order it. So it's it's unlikely that they would have their own unit readily available or or getting ready to launch after teaming up with Logitech. It, 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 that doesn't make any business sense for me. So the question is, who out there could be making a handheld that's going to be as I would imagine as expensive, you know, three hundred dollars, but offer something where there is a hard drive, offer something where you can download games to said hard drive and play locally, which a lot of people, including myself, would like to do. I mean, when I'm gonna, I mean, for me, I, I don't travel very much, so I don't really need a handheld, but I I will admit that it wouldn't be bad having one especially if you can download your favorite game that you you know you have through game pass or that you actually own onto the hard drive so you can play said game wherever you are um as opposed to well I can't get service and now that this 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 $300 uh box that I'm holding in my hand has become a giant paperweight uh Daniel let's go to you first on this you know what 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 did what 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 did Jez Corden potentially mean by this I mean, we have heard there are others in development. Um, I mean, do do you personally see a world where, you know, Microsoft is positioning the company and the brand and the platform for Xbox to be one of those brands that are known all over the place? You know, you can play on, on your consoles, you can play on your, your computer, you can play on your tablet, you can play on your phone. Soon you're going to be able to play on your TVs by just, you know, a, a, attaching a, a controller wirelessly, pressing the app and going. And now we're, they're getting into the and getting into the realm where a handheld, a de- potentially a dedicated handheld partnered with someone that is going to be the Xbox handheld that most people have been asking for. Have you been asking for that? Uh, it's not really. I, I, I'm just not the target audience for, for mobile gaming in, in any form of it like i don't play on my phone my switches stayed docked for the entire time that i've owned it for the most part uh it's just you know i feel like the the biggest use case for for mobile gaming especially things like the steam deck where you're playing like bigger games is if you're traveling a lot 
uh, and I'm broke, so I don't, <laughs> you know, and if I do, I'm driving, you know, so it's just, there's not a whole lot of time that I would choose to use, a, you know, a mobile device to, to play a game, because if I'm at home, I'm not going to be like sitting in my bed playing on my switch in, in tablet mode, I'm going to sit in front of my TV, right? It, but And that makes sense. That makes sense. Right. But like that being said, if they do choose to make their own handheld device, I think that would be really smart. Um, whether they make it themselves or they just partner with somebody else, as long as it does have the ability to download at least some games, I feel like that's really the sticker. Um, although to be fair, the markets that it's going to be biggest in are in, you know, Asia, it's going to be Japan and China and, and Korea and their internet infrastructure is phenomenal. So they probably don't have to worry about it as much as like I do over here in middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, so <laughs> maybe, maybe it just, it's a problem that solves itself. I think between if they end up partnering with somebody for a handheld, combining that with this streaming device that we're going to talk about later, I, I cannot imagine a world in which there is not just a huge explosion of, of new people playing xbox especially over in in the asian areas you know what i want you to elaborate on that for a hot second because i I don't really think see one one of the things that i've noticed you know running a channel uh, and just being in the gaming business for over 40 years is gamers and this is not a dig on anybody i blame myself this sometimes we're a little bit uh small-sighted you know, we, we, we see our gaming space through a small keyhole. We look and we say, yeah, I'm comfortable with everything being where it is. And sometimes we don't look at the bigger picture. Now, obviously, when you make content for a living or you have channels that you're trying to support with proper and good, uh, you know, uh, you know, information and opinions. One of the things that that gets left out of the conversation more times than not, Daniel, is the fact that the Asian market has been a failure for xbox for decades you know obviously going all the way back to the first xbox we we know how they did and but that's not the case now Mm -hmm. uh last week they sold eighteen thousand um uh uh, xbox consoles series x and s uh that's a lot now that may not be switch numbers hell that may not even be playstation numbers but they are doing something in a region that notoriously they have failed and this is a device that we know, first of all, handheld gaming in regions like Japan and other Asian markets is their bread and butter. Mobile is huge there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that most people have forgotten about E3 this year was the announcement that uh, the, the company that makes League of Legends with all of that characters and all of those games, well, those those are going to be launching this fall into Xbox Game Pass. And you say to yourself, well, boom, I, I don't play those kind of games. And I hear you because neither do I. But that, that, that deal was not made for us. That deal was made for a region that is supportive of those types of games. And what's interesting is that when that launches, Daniel, we yeah. have a there's going to be an opportunity where Microsoft is going to be launching their friends and family plan, which I don't think people have really taken a, a grasp at. It is a big, big deal when you can have five people on one account paying five dollars each, playing as many games as you can. Do is is all of this the big master plan from Phil Spencer that no one is really paying attention to? 
I mean, I think so. I don't know if it's like a master plan. I think it's, I think it's more just like he wants to cover all of his bases, right? Because when you, like you said, you know, you look at the the Japanese market, which is one of the biggest markets for gaming, and it's it's like Xbox just isn't there, right? We've seen them stepping it up lately, especially with the Series S. Um, we we've seen them selling better than ever, but like you said, it's nowhere near the numbers that the Switch is doing. And the reason that the Switch is selling so well there is a combination of, well, it has the Japanese games that they're looking to play there, and it has that, you know, ability to carry it with you and, and take it on public transportation and all that thing, right? They That sort of thing just works for them, right? They They prefer things that are smaller, things that are convenient, and things that they can play wherever they go, right? So I think that this is, uh, it's a really smart decision for them, especially like you said, when they start getting things like that Riot deal going, right? Or when they start getting like these Persona games, right? It's, I see it as being this sort of snowball effect, right? Where the more Japanese developers that they can bring onto the platform and who can there see success there, it's going to be this word of mouth thing where they're like, you know what? Like we were ignoring Xbox for, like I think literally 20 years at this point <laughs> but hey if you you know put your games on there it's not going to sell as well as it does on Switch or on on PlayStation but it's you know the easiest one to port to by all accounts uh and you're going to make you know another 10% profit or another 15% profit you know it's not going to be gangbusters at first but the the bigger that number gets the more adoption that they see in these marketplaces the more likely it's going to be that other developers are just going to without even having to be asked like completely unprompted want to put their games on xbox and so it's it's this it's a tough climb but you know i think once they hit a certain point it's gonna it's gonna ease up and i think that this is this is how they do it yeah i i i i think that you know one of the things that i find most interested of Phil Spencer's behavior as head of Microsoft Gaming is a lot of the things that he personally talked about were always in small snippets. You know what I'm saying? You know, when he yeah. first got the uh, when he first got the job before he was promoted to his his big position now, he made a lot of big promises, right? He talked about fixing the power situation with Xbox, fixing the first party a situation with Xbox. Uh, making Xbox more affordable for game for gamers across every uh, you know across the entire planet uh, when he when when Game Pass launched in summer of 2017, and he has answered every one of those calls. And on top of that, we have all of these big moves. The again, it's the Riot Games thing is not really in the focus right now because it's not here. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you that when someone who is a, a, a mobile player turns around and looks at Game Pass and says, wait a second, it's going to cost me over 800 US dollars to get every character in one game. All I have to do is become a Game Pass subscriber and I get all of those characters for the price of download. I don't honestly think people realize how big of a deal this is going to be. And coming right. on the heels of a potential, you know, team up with, a, with, with someone else that's going to bring something to the market that is going to incorporate Xbox Game Pass, uh, you know, cloud gaming, 
you know, having a potentially an onboard hard drive that allows for you to, um, you know, save save games, download games directly to it. Something that the the the, the Logitech device doesn't offer. Now, and again, there's, you know, me again. I I, I don't I don't think three hundred dollars is egregious. But then talking to people like Kaysante, who's like a tech guy who has a Steam Deck, he's like, yeah, three hundred. I don't know because of the fact you can't save games directly. It's just a streaming box. And he actually said it. He said, what if I don't have uh, internet service? What happens then? Well, it becomes a giant paperweight, and that's a big problem. A $300 paperweight, I say no thank you. Um, yeah. And if in a number, let, let's bring you in in conversation because, again, you know, a lot of people uh, don't who, who are not invested in Xbox, when they hear Phil Spencer talk about what, he, what his plans are for the future and what he's looking to do, people talk it up as just, hey, just another corporate guy talking about the future of, of the brand when it, he, he goes well beyond uh, and he's always like 12 steps ahead. Now, again, what we're talking about right now is the fact that Jez Corden put it out there that if we, if anyone, and I was interested in the Logitech uh, G cloud, which is releasing either this week or early next week, um, $300 device, uh, you know, it, it's been in Paris Lily of uh, of Gamertag Radio and, of course, of uh, Kind of Funny Games um, said that, you know, he's been playing, he's been using it, and he's enjoying it. So, I mean, it, it, there are people out there that have it in their hands. Um, for you personally, is a handheld the last piece of the puzzle for Xbox when you look at their map or their out, outlook for what the brand is going to be uh, after the ABK deal? Mm, I don't know if it's the last piece necessarily, because I look at more acquisitions, right? I think that obviously well, you're the you're the greedy one of, of I'm, the panel. I'm the greedy one, so I look at acquisitions and I'm like, we're gonna need us a Japanese studio. Mm -hmm. I'm treating this like we're at the grocery store. All right, I'm gonna get one of these, one of these. You always go in for two things and leave with ten. It's my Maybe. biggest problem. Go in for I, Activision, leave with Sega. You know, I'm I mean? the Walmart shopper of gamers. I want it all in my cart, <laughs> yeah, even though it. I only came for one thing. But so I look at it like we're going to have to get more acquisitions because it's what they're going to have to do to properly get things rolling right as far as them being the quote-unquote Netflix of gaming. I do see um, handheld devices. I know we've all clamored for it for a long time. We've all wanted it. The biggest issue, though, is... It's, it's literally literally what you just said. And it's what Danny said and what you pointed out, Kay Asante said. It's the fact that it's cloud-based and I don't think that technology has caught up to that yet. And as great as cloud gaming has been, and I've tried it plenty of times, I have a Razer uh, Kishi that I use with my uh, Note 9. And while I have my other, my Galaxy you know, S21 on the side so I can talk whatever. But it is dope in that in that fashion if you have a good connection. But what if you want to go and you don't have that connection? That's the problem. So, uh, boom! I think you muted. I was gonna say. And uh, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm typing. I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. So it goes back to me what Danny pointed out. If it was a matter where you can, you know, if it was local, that would make it the next step. That's the biggest issue that it has for me. Secondly, would be the price. If they have the price right. That could change a lot of things. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I saw I saw John Wolf in the comments. He said exactly. I, I tweeted this way back when they showed the cloud. Um, G. And what's up, Kay? I see okay. you jumping in here what's like going that. On? 
We have acquired <laughs> he, he, KSR. He's just rolling through. I sent him the link in, in the hopes that he can come in and give us his two cents on this particular topic because he he Who's is a tinkerer. Down. If we have will. acquired, we have acquired K. Asante, everybody. What's going on? Not too much, but I was just going to say, I think that sweet price, that range they want to get to me, if I was to actually invest in it, would be $100, $150, something like that. A lot of that. people saying that 150 like 200 would be the highest. That would be the highest. Yeah. That yeah. would be the highest I'd be willing to spend on it. So I think that's the biggest issue. If, if local, it not being local, only being cloud-based when I don't think technology, we've caught up with that as far as widespread internet and connectivity, 5G and things of that nature. I think that's the biggest issue because they ever, all the new, the new like four, it's like saying 4K, oh, 5G. Yeah, 5G yeah. is just not everywhere where it should be. That's the problem. Even my phone, I have the S21 Ultra 5G. I don't get 5G, you know. I'm going to brag about it. Don't get me wrong. It'll oh, I got a 5G phone. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to brag about it. I'm like, oh, I got the S21 Ultra 5G, <laughs> but I don't have 5G. I have 4G. If I'm to being be fair, real. there, Umbra, you do have 5G, but if you ever actually used it, your phone would last like five minutes. Well, and the battery be dead. <laughs> I guess where I'm at though, I have never connected once with 5G. Oh yeah, there Not are some once. places you can do it, and it's screaming speeds, and you can watch the speed go fast while your battery just drains in your hand. It's insane. <laughs> And that's maybe that's another issue then. So we could get Indeed. 5G, but it will the battery last. So how would that work if you're trying to actually have that on the go and playing on the device? Oh, my mother joined in his game. Oh, Call of Duty. Oh, it's over. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> that won't work. So I don't know, man. I think it's just a kind of a catch-all phrase. Oh, 5G. But the thing is, is that if it's not local, like Danny pointed out, that's going to be that's a hindrance to a lot of people because most gamers, hardcore types at least, want something where they can actually play local. And that's why Steam Deck is doing so well. That's why the Nintendo Switch is doing so well. You know, so that's the biggest hurdle they have to get over. How do you get past that part of just having it be cloud? Yeah, I think it's that thing, right, where like you you, you can only have one of the three, right? It's the same problem that, that Stadia had, where it's like the technology works, at least for a lot of people, right? It's It's like you can have streaming but you have to, you can't also, okay, so like you can be a, a streaming only system, but you can't also be mobile because like if you're, if you're mobile and people are taking it on the train, it's like, okay, but am I going to have a good connection the entire way to work or whatever, right? And you also can't be entirely streaming if you don't have content to back it up, right? Like the streaming is a really great additional thing, right? Like for, for xCloud, it's like, I'm sure we've all done it at least to some extent where it's like, I really want to play this game. I don't necessarily want to download it. Like I've got some friends who are playing it right now, you know, I don't, I, but I don't want to install it. Right. That's such like, that's the use case for me where I'm going to use it. And for that, it works perfectly. Like I've almost never run into problem with streaming in that way, but I know if I tried to like take a handheld to work and play it in the warehouse, like it's not going to, it's not going to be the same experience. <laughs> You know what? Speaking of which, let's uh, let's let's bring in K. Asante. First of all, K. Asante, welcome, brother. Uh, thanks so much for thank stopping you. by. Let's, uh, thank, let's you, thank you so much. You know, just 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 decided to jump in here real quick. I heard some tech talk. I'm like, all right, let me let me jump. Well, you in know what? Listen, uh, Jess Corden <laughs> stopped the presses on Friday, like he always uh -huh. does. He's notorious he does, for yes. it, uh, and he he put out there that apparently he knows or he's previewing something mm -hmm. that he didn't mention specifically, but yep. he said if you were interested in the Logitech device. You might want to wait because there is something better coming. Now, we yeah, do yeah. know that uh, Razer 
is working on a handheld that will allow for downloads. That will allow Verizon. Yes. Yeah. Now that thing is something that's not, I'm not going to get because I don't have Verizon. I'm not changing my phone service to Verizon to get it. Uh, so that that's where the 5G would come in. If there's a non 5G model that just allows you to download stuff or play using the cloud, then that may be something I would be into. Uh, but the question that I have for you, Kay, and we've talked about this before, but I, I know I want to you know have this conversation with the 300 plus people we have here. Uh, is is the last piece of the puzzle for Microsoft's you know potential uh, you know uh, market changing position a handheld? So the answer there is all the above, right? Like that that's what they've shown. They are they are about all the above, right? They a while ago people were you know uh, on the tip of well where is the platform and now we know exactly where the platform is. It's whatever you use to get into Game Pass, right? And if for some of you that would be a Switch-like device, then go for it. If for others it's a, a controller connected to a TV, then go for it. You know, that, that's just what they are about, right? Idea For them, it's all about how do you get to our content? And not everybody's going to be able to buy the box that we want, right? So we'll, 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 we'll allow others to find other methods to get in. You know, Gears 5, you're, you're watching it on the screen right here. The story is amazing. It is a very unusually like uh, cinematic story. Most people didn't see it that way because by right. the time that Gears 5 had come out, you'd heard Gears over and over and over and over again. Oh, it's the gameplay. Oh, it's the chainsaws. Not many people got a chance to experience this level. This story of is probably the best in the series. Gears. Right, right That's next right. to three, I would exactly. say. Exactly. Yeah. So now, right now, right now, you can t- type in Gears 5 into a Bing search and then hit play. And if, if you happen to have like a dollar or whatever, you're playing that thing. Like right now, that is amazing, right? Yeah, I know you, 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 you actually you have like 200 likes on that. A lot, yeah, lots of yeah, shares yeah. too, because yeah, that's, uh, oh, yeah. that's something a lot of people didn't even know about. And, and Oddly they enough, I think quietly. I discovered that. Funny yeah. enough, it's amazing that that, that thing exploded. And, and, and I just kind of happened to be searching for something. Um, Everborn had said that he was playing two, uh, uh, was it Two Souls or Twin Souls? And he wanted me to check it out. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I Googled it, and, and I was like, wow, this is amazing, right? So it's really cool that that's definitely where they're going. Now, to your initial question about you know who that partner would be, oh, I, I have no idea, but I have some hope. Because if we're in a world where we want a partner that, and, and you've been very right about, hey, they just they just signed the dotted line with the likes of Logitech and all them. They wouldn't like make their own thing immediately. And and there's just so much more to it, R&D and all that. They don't want to do that, right? They want somebody else to come in cloud focused and all that. And like you're saying, you want that sweet spot price where it's like, eh, I can afford that even on my budget. You know what I'm saying? Like something light, but still can give you what you need. Honestly, if you think about it, the only company that can give you that if you're partnering with Microsoft is Samsung. If you oh think my it, God, yes. The only I like company it. because yeah. they subsidize, they are like quick with the R&D, like they see something next week they've made their own and it's just as good if not better. They are very good at that, right? So, I mean, I have no 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 uh uh inside knowledge at all of this. I'm just putting it into universe and I'm telling I'm saying that is a device that I would buy and put my my Steam Deck down for a little while if they made one. Because well, it's, it's the, the one that makes that the most sense there, Kay. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and to your to your point, I want you to elaborate on this. It, it is the it does make the most sense because right now Microsoft is when it when it comes to outside of gaming, 
uh, Logitech, they have, you know, does gaming stuff and they have, you know, deals with Razer and controls from Razer. But what they don't have outside of TVs is anything from Samsung. And that would be a dark horse that a lot of and people didn't about see it, coming. If you think about it, when Microsoft was was having their, their AR slash VR dreams, they were dipping their toes in the water on the PC side. They, they basically coast everybody, every one of their quote-unquote partners. These are the people that work with them on Windows, work with them on, on Android, you know, building apps and, and allowing the manufacturers and all of that. Microsoft works with a lot of these companies, right? Each of them had their own iteration of some kind of VR headset. The best one, Samsung's. And it ended up being like the cheapest one as well. Like it, the optics were beyond compare. It was a Samsung device, and it tied into Microsoft stuff and also Steam, uh, Steam's VR stuff. They are always ready. They are the Ubisoft of the tech world. You got a new, new, new platform? We're here for it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll work with you. You know, they are very much that way because they really have their R and D like sewn down. Right. The minute you heard that folding phones were a thing, they had one. It was better than everybody else's. That's how they are. So. If there is a partner out there that we're, we're thinking about, you know, short of Microsoft going to Aya Neo, and, and for those who don't know, Aya Neo was Steam Deck before Steam Deck was Steam Deck. They've been around forever. They make amazing little handhelds, but they're like $1,000. Like, that's what they are, right? So short of going there, mm -hmm. I would say the one you want is Samsung because then you get your Android stuff. Then you get all yeah. that. Yes, it'll still be cloud, but you're getting your, you're getting your 5G radios, which... Pro tip, if you want a real 5G, look for millimeter wave MM5. That's what you're looking for. A little logo says MM5. If you see mm -hmm. MM5, that's real 5G. Anything else is that fuzzy uh, fuzzy uh, uh, marketing they like, to, they like to throw at you. But yes, uh, um, you can get millimeter wave 5G on their, their devices because they already have that in, in, uh, in uh, Umbra and myself's uh, uh, um, Galaxy uh, devices, right? And... Their devices are already known to be very good at local online play, uh, offline play. You can Genshin Impact and all these other things. And of course, we're talking emulators and all that. It, it is a well-rounded device that could possibly be under $200. So mm. that's mm. where I'd want to see. Samsung is my guy. I, I'd want Samsung to take that strike. So that's it for me. Like I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to have to let you guys go because I'm in the middle of a big meeting. But Samsung I master race. Yeah. That, oh, well, you know, you know. They do some good things. They do some bad things, but their hardware is second to none. So nope, without you know, question, absolutely. So yes, and and about the whole jazz Corden thing, eh, might be hearing a bit more about that in the, in the coming few days. There, uh, Mr. Boomstick, we'll talk. Yes, more, right? yes, yes. Well, jazz Corden always right. keeping us up to date. But thanks, thanks for popping in. Give us your your two cents, and we will Indeed. get. We will talk to you uh, soon, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Thank you again. Uh, so see you later, before, brother. Before we get into the, the meat and potatoes, as we wait for Boxenberger to show up, I, I got to thank a couple of people. A few Super Chats came in. We got a new channel member for the show as well. Uh, Eternal Shaddai drops a very generous $20 Super Chat and says, Good afternoon, panel and chat. I would like to say great panel and show. Thank you for the compliments and, of course, the generosity. No wonder his name is Infinite Umbra because he wants Microsoft to have infinite acquisitions uh, my take for handheld, which we lost. And um, uh, let's get him back in there. He got there shamed he on the is. podcast. He, he was so taken aback that he that he that he, that he was at. Fuck with Phil to have him acquire somebody again. That's all it was. <laughs> he says, "My take for handhelds, I give it to Nintendo. Look at the Vita. I mean, listen, you can't take away what Nintendo has done. Um, obviously, 
they have always been the master of handhelds with the 3DS and the Game Boy going all the way back to the Game Boy wasn't even color. Um, and they have now taken the best of both worlds, both handheld and, uh, and home console, and made a hybrid device that well, has taken over the, the world by storm. They keep winning MPDs, and that's because Nintendo, even though the hardware is incredibly underpowered, they have great first-party stuff, and they, they kind of march to their own drums, and, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But we also had another Super Chat come in from a very generous friend of the program, Drawn TJ, drops a five-hour Super Chat and says, I say in five years, Microsoft buys Valve to put PC games on Xbox and your Steam library. Yeah, you know what? For a while, I thought that was going to be their next big one simply because Gabe is looking to get out of the business. He's been doing this for a long, long time. He wants to retire. And I believe some of the rumors, and again, this is just rumors, folks, that uh, he was going through some personal stuff that, you know, that was out there for, you know, in regards to his family. And uh, he kind of held off maybe selling. And I, to be honest with you, if there were... Uh, a company to uh, that he would feel comfortable selling to it would probably be Microsoft. You won't see him sell to to Tencent. You won't see him sell to Apple or anyone like that. Microsoft makes uh, the the most sense because of the relationship that Gabe Newell has with uh, with Phil Spencer specifically. Uh, so it makes sense that that would be a possibility. But again, that is that is certainly going to be breaking news if that ever does happen. Uh, Dragonheart Yobi drops a very generous $5 super chat and says what he didn't say was he was in a meeting with uh, UNSC and the Master Chief was right next to him. I like what you're doing. I like what you're putting down. If if you're not sure what we're talking about, all you have to do is go look at the commander from the Halo TV show and then see side by side Kay Asante who's listening right now and is probably crying and laughing they could be brothers, bro. It is a doppelganger situation. I would have real concern if they were in the same room because someone has taken over someone's life and it, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But That's what the, the K and K Asante stands for. It's Captain Keys Asante. Captain Keys Asante. I love it. I love it. I love how we're all slanderous. And he's and uh, if Everborn Saga is listening, he's probably laughing as well. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, we got almost 400 people here. I want to say a big thank you. This is still a small channel. This weekend, we passed 11,300. Now we're on the march to 400. And hopefully by year's end, something happens big that we get more people to to subscribe to the channel. We're trying to hit 12K by the end of the year. I don't know if we're going to do it because we're averaging about 150 new subs per month. Uh, If you're finding the channel for the first time, uh, we and I say we because Mrs. Boomstick and I are the ones that run this channel. Uh, We have officially become full-time streamers. We stream five days a week, Monday through Friday, all different panels, all different shows, all different topics. Nothing is regurgitated. Even when we talk about the same topic, it is uh, approached from a different uh, from a different lens. So the conversation is always fresh. How do I do it? Well, I work seven days a week, folks. That's that the reality is I work seven days a week on this channel. On the weekend, I do take a breather, but I'm, I'm doing thumbnails. I'm doing advertising. I'm writing shows. So if you are someone... Let's find the channel for the first time and you appreciate the work that goes into this channel. Uh, I would ask that you consider subscribing. We had just passed. Uh, and remember, this channel was relatively new. First video ever, November 3rd, 2017. Uh, the fifth year anniversary is coming up. We have just surpassed 
3.5 million views. And that's a lot of views for a channel this small. Um, so if you're interested, consider subscribing. Hit the bell icon so you always know when uh, Double Barrel Gaming is live. And, of course, hit the like button. But let's get into the advertised big topic of the show. And that is, well, what is on Phil Spencer's shelf? Now, in a story that basically ran wild, I'm going to go to Window Central, of course, one of my favorite places uh, to get information. And this uh, story was, of course, at you can find at windowcentral.com. It was written by Sean Endicott, uh, and it was published... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. This this is no, I'm sorry. This was not the so I, I pulled up the wrong story, but in the original story from Sean Endicott, and this was published in May, uh, May 31st of this year. Um they broke a story, and this and Jez Corden talked about this specifically about this this streaming box that a lot of people yesterday disappointed me, folks. I I I'm, again we don't shout people's, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, so we don't throw anybody under any buses here. But a lot of people called this 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 device never was. Why do we need it? It's not necessary for the industry. And, and this is where I have to say, stop being so pig-headed because it's not about you. Um, there is a subset of the world that doesn't play games the way we play them, right? Like when we think of us as gamers, we're like the the, the you know the stuffy shirts guys, right? Like you know we have consoles, we have matching TVs that have the highest frame rate and everyone's going out and buying LG this and we're getting, you know, uh, you know, uh, systems with base boxes and we got the, the, the most expensive headphones and we are putting all of our being into gaming because that's our hobby. Well, folks, we are the minority, you know, just want to let everybody know that, that you are 10% of the market, maybe 15 on a good day, you know, maybe 17 at best, but the other you know, uh, 80 plus percent is the casuals, is the normies that don't really care about gaming. And the one thing that Microsoft has going for them uh, at at this particular time in the world is streaming services are the norm, right? They're all the rage. Everyone has at least 10. I mean, if you know, and, and, you know, I don't have to go down the list, but, you know, everyone has has a Netflix account. Everyone has you know, a Hulu account or a Disney Plus account or an Apple TV account, or I can get the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I know that I have at least 13 subscriptions outside of cable that I, they, you know, I, I subscribe to Amazon because of, of Lord of the Rings. I subscribe to Disney Plus because of, you know, I'm an MCU nerd. So for me, it makes sense. Now, when you consider where Game Pass was, and where it's gone now. Now, tomorrow night, we are going to have a massive, massive coming out party for what Game Pass has been up to. Last year, $2.9 billion. I'm going to break that down with primetime gaming, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The guest is to be announced because we're kind of working out the guest details right now. But it's going to be a big deal because we, yesterday, you wouldn't believe it. Shocking on the Internet. All, all of a sudden, people got degrees in capitalism. And they all said that, well, that's just money made. Boom, that's just not profit. You know what? Good on you that if you know that. But we're going to break that down tomorrow. But getting back to this device, Phil Spencer did what, well, Phil Spencer normally does. And when he does something 
whether it's coy or whether it's on purpose or whether it's by accident, which we've seen him do before, the internet stops in its tracks, ladies and gentlemen. And what happened? Well, one of the most fun things that have made its world, you know, its way to the, uh, you know, to podcasting proper is the fact that what's on Phil Spencer's shelf. Now, Infinite Umbra, I'm going to go to you first on this because it was confirmed by many people, many, many people within this, in the industry, um, that, uh, yes, it in fact was a prototype of the upcoming streaming device, box, dongle, whatever you want to call it. As a matter of fact, Xbox proper immediately responded to Phil Spencer's picture of his shelf, where he says, Volt Boy left the shelter and stopped by my office to celebrate the Fallout 25th anniversary. Congratulations to Fallout Bethesda teams on a major milestone for an iconic franchise and xbox immediately responded to of course their boss and they say this now what did we say about putting old prototypes on your shelf boss and of course it was made to be fun but we had many people respond to this and uh listen umbra yesterday we had a lot of people come out and say that this is a device that no one has asked for i i would absolutely beg to beg to differ when you consider well every house probably has at least one tv this is a device that if it comes out, and again, you said it before, price is key, right? So you said it's anything about handheld. You said now we have to talk about the, the streaming box, codename Keystone. Price is going to be key. Now, you know we know that there are other streaming boxes. You know, Amazon has their own. Apple has one. Google has one. And Microsoft wants to get in on the uh, home streaming uh, capabilities. And I think that this is a product that will have big legs, especially when you consider their future plans, right? Game Pass for friends and family, it hasn't launched yet, and it's going to launch soon. And when it does, when you can tell a family or a group of friends that maybe not, you know, maybe they're not diehard gamers. Maybe they're, you know, you have one of the five that's a diehard gamer, and the rest are just casual gamers. They play Call of Duty, they play Madden, they play 2K. Occasionally, they'll play you know, a superhero game. But when you can have a device like this, launch it for 70 bucks, potentially to come with a controller, because the device itself is not going to be massive hardware. It's not going to be a $200 device. It's going to probably be about between 70 and $100. But you add a controller to this, and you give a 30-day free subscription to Xbox Game Pass, I think you're onto something here. And again, this is one of those pieces to the ultimate domination puzzle that Microsoft wants to have moving forward. And I think that when you consider the ABK deal, when you're going to be able to say after 2024, Call of Duty proper is in Xbox Game Pass day and date, this thing could take off like wildfire. What are your thoughts on Phil Spencer doing this in a way that Phil Spencer likes to do things? He did it in a, in a very coy, non uh, explicitive way and, and and people ran with it because people didn't even care about the Volt Boy. People look well past it. They were like, what the hell is this thing? Who gives a shit? I want to I want to what's on his shelf. Like, and one of the thing, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that was on his shelf was a plaque for Alan Wake. And that's another co topic that, you know, listen for me, I loved Alan Wake one. The remake was great. Maybe Alan Wake 2 is a marketing deal or something. Maybe that's maybe oh you know we're gonna get an implication of that, but Let's talk about the streaming box. 
is this a device that Xbox needs? I think it is. And this and this is where it contrasts against the, the handheld, right? Because we already know that they're already going to have device uh, Samsung TVs with it built in. So what it makes ton, a ton of sense to have it where you can have a dungle, if you will. I hate using that word because it just sounds terrible. I got a dungle, but it makes sense to have this dungle that you can plug up to whatever TV set that allows it and to be able to play those games through uh through the cloud that makes a ton of sense actually if it's because you're you're localizing it in a sense so you can use that as a secondary device in a sense for you if you want to go like imagine you just taking it instead of trying to take the s which is already pretty small to you know easy to transport but having that device where you can just say i'm, I'm going to take this plug this into my hotels tv while I'm on a go or whatever, or to your car, um, you know, screen or something like that for like people like, like our good brother, uh, Everborn, who has, you know, nice little, you know, Tesla or something like that, you know, things of that nature. And it makes it so much easier, you know, to be able to, to take that and transport it. Now, if they, the price, like you pointed out, if they have this thing launch at like 75, let's just say a hundred, let's say a hundred, but you get a controller with it. Oh man. I don't think anybody is going to. I, I think it flies off the shelf. I Honestly, I put your favorite game, put your favorite too. first party game on there, and you put this this little streaming box. This is one of those impulse buys, Umbra, that people are walking for groceries. They're in there in Walmart. They came for eggs, bacon, and some cheese, and they're coming out with a sweatshirt that has Xbox on it. Oh, and by the way, this new device was just popped over there. How much? Seventy nine dollars. Put right in the right in the wagon, and not even think twice. <laughs> Right. Hey, where's the bacon? Uh, see, what happened was I saw this cloud device. Take it back. No, but no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, I think you're right. I think it'll fly off the shelf and it, it'll just make it for one for us, like who are more the hardcore. Obviously, we have our series X's and such and S's. But, you know, this combined with the family plan. Imagine that now, too, where you can have this on you know, we have so many TVs in a household, or if you want to have somebody else that jumps on your family plan, Hey, you don't have to buy a series S or X. Those might not be available either, or I might not have the money for that, but I can afford 75 to a hundred dollars. I, hell, I don't even have to have the controller come with it. If it's 50, 75 or hundred, I can just give you one of my control. I got a, a ton of controllers. Uh, I take it as m many Xbox fans do at this point. Uh, but here, here's a controller. Pair that with it. Here's a Bluetooth controller, whatever, right? And I'm sure they're going to allow us to use any Bluetooth controller probably too, just seeing how they've done in the past um, on other games and such and uh, on a PC. But yeah, you have this device. You can take it on anywhere on the go. It's easy to transport. It's affordable. And you have the family plan. You have Game Pass. Like you said, maybe bundle that with three months or something like that. All of that spells win, win, win for me. You know, especially once again, once we get all these games to land in Game Pass next year, it, it may, I think it becomes um, undeniable at that point. And I'm, I'm expecting this to possibly launch, if not this holiday, the next year. Uh, and of course, like you said, it's, it's, it's an old prototype that he pointed, he put up there. But Phil has now become like synonymous with his shelf. It's like, yeah. Well, if he posts a shelf, everybody is is magnifying that joint every time. So we already know. So he knows it too. And the thing is sitting there front and center. It's not even hidden. It's just there. 
Of course. And we've all seen the, the images. If you like you go to Windows Central, like you pointed out, you, we've seen how it looks. So we know that's the old prototype. Uh, I, I'm wondering what the new one will look like eventually. But yeah, he, I don't think he hit it at all. I know they said it's an old prototype, but hey, he's the boss. He can do that, you know. So, yeah, I, I think couple it with the right price, couple it with the controller, let's say $100, let's say 75 to 100 Yeah, that thing is going to fly off the shelves without question. Yeah, again, imp- I, I don't, I, again, I don't think people understand uh, what the power of an impulse buy is. You know, impulse buy is anything under $100, especially when you start talking about electronics. Uh, packaging would be key. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, they can't put Call of Duty this year on it. And, and uh, according to the what we know about Sony holding the, holding the market rights until at least 2024 with no concessions or additions, like, for instance, you know, Jim Ryan has already said what, what they offer, what, what uh, Microsoft offered, specifically what uh, Phil Spencer offered, was inadequate and not good enough for his gamers. So, you know, at this point, if this deal goes through and it it's going to go through, folks, uh, the you know, the question be then then, uh, you know, th- then becomes, do they just pull that offer back and like, OK, so in 2024, it's done. Call of Duty becomes ours. We got the marketing. And at that point, when you when you're able to put Call of Duty marketing on anything, especially a device like this, that at this at this point could be fifty dollars. Because if it comes out this year, comes out early next year, by the time the marketing rights are done in 2024, this device could be 50 bucks with a controller. And at that point, I think you see Microsoft move into first place because they just have their games and their service everywhere. But you know what? Let's let's bring in uh, Daniel uh, McGee on this conversation. Uh, Yesterday, there were a lot of people that were excited for this device because some people have multiple TVs. Uh, I know I saw some people out there saying, well, what's the point of having the S if this is coming out? Now, I disagree with that a thousand percent because, again, you have to pull yourself out of the market that Microsoft is targeting. I will buy this device just to try it out, put it in the bedroom. I have a Series X in the bedroom, but, you know, I, I would I would still I would still buy this device to try it out to see if whether or not I needed to keep an, uh, a second X in the house or a second or a Series S in the house. But for you personally, looking at the bigger picture and pulling yourself out of the fanboy aspect of this, is this a device that uh, not only shocked you that was on his shelf, but more importantly, does Microsoft need this for the normies of the world that they're trying to reach? Remember, that Phil Spencer said and was clowned by many people in this, in, in this community, which was ridiculous. He wants to hit 3 billion gamers. You can't hit 3 billion gamers by simply digging your toes into the sand and saying that, you know, we're going to we're going to do console the old way uh, and, 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 you know, occasionally release something on PC the way that Sony is currently doing things. Yeah. So uh, am I surprised that it was on the shelf? No. It, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I think that's how he sort of announced the Series S, too, is he just had it on, on the back of one of his shelves. It was in right? the back for months. No one paid any attention to it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm the car going by. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised by it, I, especially considering that like we've already seen this, right? We've we've had pictures of the the old prototype leak. We've had, you know, people have known about this streaming device for a long time. 
And uh, it's it's not surprising to me that he would just use this as a way to sort of like soft confirm that it exists. Of course, then the Xbox Twitter account was basically like, you know, hey, <laughs> this is a real thing. So not so soft anymore, I guess. Um, so so no, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Uh, in terms of do they need it, I think that's sort of a double edged sword because it's like I think it'll be really successful. I don't necessarily think they need it. Like I don't think Xbox would fail without it or anything like that. But I think that it it is one of these things where, you know, it's exactly like what you were saying, right? It's going to be for people who have multiple TVs and it's like maybe they want to have the the proper console in their game room, but have the streaming one in their living room for if they just want to like show something off to somebody or, or, you know, play it at a party or something, you know what I mean? Or it's going to be an even cheaper alternative for your kids if you can't afford to also buy a Series S because it's probably going to be at least like $100 cheaper than that. I'm imagining... With a controller, I'm imagining that this streaming box will probably be like in the ballpark of like $150, um, which I think is really good. Uh, you know, you you look at like the Roku sticks that have the the proper like streaming box on them, and they're already like 130. So I think if you can get a, a really high quality streaming device with a controller for 150, I think that that's a steal. Um, it's 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 that thing, right? Where it's not necessarily something that's going to be a really popular use case for probably the people watching this show, but it's going to be huge for pretty much everybody else, right? This is for people who just want to get into the gaming ecosystem and they don't necessarily care about having the biggest and best thing. You know, this is going to be for people who live in places like Asia where they have an extremely powerful internet connection and they don't necessarily have a lot of room to put a a huge console in i mean i think that's why we've seen that the series s is doing so well over there and this streaming box assuming that they're still hitting a similarly sized form factor as that prototype is like it's the size of like two decks of cards next to each other like it's very small right so i think that this will be a wildly successful device it's going to be that thing where people are going to be fighting in twitter spaces about whether or not we can count it as console sales and it won't matter one way or the other because it's has <laughs> numbers yeah, um, I agree. You know it's gonna. I mean? always, it has been for years. User numbers are the new metric uh, for for Microsoft, and even Sony has switched over to that as well. Yeah, and it's you know that's just the way of the future, right? Is it's the the actual console sales numbers. It's that thing where you know, like we look at like the forty ninety that just got announced, the new the new graphics cards, right? And there's the people who are the kinds of people who would be watching a podcast like this who want to have the biggest and best thing, right? So like, we're the kind of people who are going to upgrade to that thing. But the fact of the matter is, it's such a small percentage of the actual gaming marketplace who are going to even bother upgrading to that thing to, to the point where most devs are not going to be concerned about whether or not they're using the full power of that 4090 for probably like five years. You know what I mean? So, but we just, we want to be at the top of the list. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know what? I sent out a bat signal because uh, Boxenberger is hung up and uh, he's doing something work related. So I reached out to Wandering Dutch, the the best the best beard in the business, and and the one that has the most stout uh, opinions on the on the interwebs. Uh, first of all, Dutch, thanks so much for taking the time to be here. We are halfway through the show, so you're not going to be here long. But I do want to see and get your opinion. And I, I don't want to broadside you with this, but we're talking about uh, Phil Spencer's shelf. Obviously, yes. it was it was a story that you guys are going to be covering on Wednesday's show, I would imagine, potentially even on Boxenberger's show on yeah. Thursday afternoon. 
Uh, but I want to get your opinion on this because one of the things that I love about not only knowing you and calling you my uh, brother is that you're on primetime gaming each and every Wednesday evening. And yeah. one of the things that I love about your personality is that you are not afraid to call people out for their BS. And yesterday, what we saw was a lot of BS. Uh, again, we don't name names on this program because what the, the last thing that Boom wants to do is to have anyone bullied uh, because of an opinion. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. As a matter of fact, speaking of which, uh, shout out to uh, Paris Lilly. Yes. of not only uh, the Gamertag Radio with uh, Danny Benya, but, of course, uh, he's a part of, of Kind of Funny Games. He's going through it right now uh, to the point where some of the things that were said to him uh, by another community member were frightening. Uh, as a police officer, <clears throat> and I know that he, he may or may not listen to this show, I can assure you that what was done and what was said to you and... Uh, some of the very, very harsh, racist-like co commentary, it would be considered a felony. Uh, so I would say that if you want to take this seriously and Twitter doesn't do anything about it because Twitter seems to be dragging their heels with this, according to uh, Paris, reach out to local law enforcement and find out if this could be taken to a federal level because threats over Internet is a crime, folks. Uh, I, I'm here to tell you as former law enforcement who has dealt with this specifically in the bullying aspect, because uh, I worked as a youth officer for many, many of my years as a police officer, I can assure you that when you say some of the things that were said to Paris Lilly, uh, I, it, it would be considered a felony. I can't give you the actual crime because I'd have to look into the penal law. And I know things have changed since I retired eight years ago, but I can assure you that it is a felony. Uh, and uh, what was said to, uh, to Paris, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm glad that he shared it, I'm glad he put it out there. He, he, you know, he, he, he put out there who said it, and uh, I think I hope the community responded in kind, uh, and I hope someone from Twitter and someone from law enforcement proper could help because it was disgusting. But yeah, I, I saw mean, that. I saw the, that tweet. By the way, it was. It, it's just. It is. It's disturbing. It, it yeah. is. It is awful. No one deserves that. Paris is a good dude. Uh, is he is 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 he not afraid like many of us to give his opinion? He's not afraid at all, and he does it. And 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 sometimes it can be a cheeky kind of a way, but he's not a mean dude. Like he's not an a hole. I like Paris a lot, and uh, I kind of threw out there, and he sent eye emojis to me. Yeah. The one uh, wish that I currently have on the bucket list is to get on the Xbox kind of funny show with him, <laughs> Gary Witter. And, and uh, back Mike. Back Mike. yeah, I, that that's it, bro. Yeah. That's the Mecca. If I can get there, maybe you know, we can turn this into 20,000 subscribers. Absolutely. But you know, what? You know gonna, I just want, I want to brag a little bit. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm I got both of those to, brothers following me on Twitter. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> I'm going to put it out to the Eververse that maybe I get on kind of funny Xbox show. But uh, again, let's, let's reel this back in uh, Dutch. One of the things that seemed to be an issue for this community is when Microsoft makes announcements that get gamers happy, that gets us excited about the brand. Uh, yeah. Apparently only Sony's allowed to do that. And there are several people in this community that plays both sides of the, uh, of the coin. Some, some of it is monetary. Some of it is just, you know, click baitery, if you will. Um, I, but I, some of the things I saw yesterday were kind of shitty, to be honest with you. You know, uh, you know, this is a this is a celebratory, fun, 
you know, where's Waldo kind of a thing with Phil Spencer and his show, right? It's supposed to be, yeah. it's supposed to be coy. It's supposed to be fun. Um, and he does it on purpose. And I love that about him because Jim Ryan doesn't do this. Uh, you know what the funny thing was as well the other day, Boom? Uh, Herman Hulst had an interview as well, very similar to Phil Spencer, and he displayed his shelf in the background. And uh, had a There was nothing on there, but, but yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I did see some people say well, he did display a shelf, but there was nothing on there, which is unfortunate. But yeah, and that's that's an interview that no one talks about because, quite frankly, it was very boring. Uh, nothing new <laughs> that we did that we knew. Uh, day and date for gas games, big deal. It, 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 you know, if you want to make gas games work, that makes sense. Uh, a year between uh, console and PC re- launches, which I think is dumb. I think the biggest also. one was the biggest one out of that interview specifically was the, was how long they're going to continue to do cross generation. Yeah, for years they actually said yeah. years. So if you remember, people from Sony they 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 clowned on Microsoft for not leaving their people behind. But you know, again, it's one of those things. But specifically. We believe in generations, Lloyd. Yeah, that's right. They they actually believe in generations. And uh, listen, don't you go into your Jim Ryan stuff because the last time I, I couldn't breathe after your, your last escapade with your with your accent. It was it was too good, too too well done. Um, but Dutch, look, this streaming box we knew existed. We knew yeah. it has existed for quite some time. It's not a surprise that there is a box because Microsoft told us one that there is yeah. one. And the, and the original design has been redesigned. Now, the original design, the prototype, is on Phil Spencer's shelf, but again, specifically done on purpose to generate yeah. a conversation, to get people excited. Some people even suggested that this was an indication that this thing could be coming out sooner than later, so why put it on there? But that's not the conversation I want to only have. The conversation is many people... Um, the very detractors of the brand felt that this is a never was type of uh, of device. Who and I, I saw it. People kept saying, "Who asked for this?" Well, not hardcore gamers, but that's not the target of this. You know, we got people. People got to realize, not all about you. There is a vast universe out there of gamers that buy only one game a year, that play only on their phone, and when you have, like I was saying with Umber and Daniel McGee. A, a, a device that's under a hundred dollars that comes with a controller that literally turns your TV that does that doesn't have the app because not everyone has a 22 uh, 2022 Samsung TV turns your said current TV or wherever you are into an Xbox. I think Microsoft is onto something. What yep. what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, absolutely. The one thing that you kind of take away from it as well is that it's as you mentioned, it's it's also the price. It's this streaming box, unlike your mobile phone um, for, for xCloud, for instance, um, will have the capabilities to connect an Ethernet to it. So the connection will actually be a lot more stable. So when it comes to gaming on xCloud via this device, it will be kind of the preferred way to do an xCloud in the home, should we say, outside of playing on PC. Because right now, the PC version of xCloud is actually the best version of xCloud. Um but if you've got an Ethernet cable connected to this only streaming device that is under $100, if that is the case, I think it probably will be, um, it's phenomenal. Another thing I noticed from even that prototype on the shelf, which I don't know if people picked up on, was the fact that it did actually have USB connection on there. Now, that would mean that there is no um, wireless latency or Bluetooth latency between the controllers either, um, which, again, affects the capabilities of, of a streaming device. Uh, if you're able to connect that device and have a wired connection between it, 
to to mitigate kind of controller latency even further uh, that's a massive bonus i think that was the biggest thing i took away from the design other than the fact that it looked like an even smaller series s um was the fact that there is that awesome usb port in the front which allows you to connect any of your controllers without um without latency um so there's a, yeah, there's a couple of a couple of awesome things to come from that, and, and they've mentioned they've been working with it, on it for a while. Um, personally, I quite liked the the design that they went for there, which was essentially just a mini. I mean, if you can get any smaller, uh, a mini Series S. Um, and if if again, if that has Ethernet cable in the back of it or Ethernet port in the back of it, um, and that connects directly to any TV, it's easily portable as well. Um, so you can take it anywhere. I would imagine it's got Wi-Fi built into it naturally, um, and Wi-Fi six capabilities would mean that again you'll be able to hotspot it from your phone if you're abroad, or use the hotel connection, etc., to do it. So instead of bringing a Series S away from with you, or bringing a Series X away from with you, you'll be able to just take this portable device on holiday instead. Um, I think the added benefit may be if they're able to access or at least bring in. Uh, remote play onto this streaming device as well, um, allowing you, of course, to connect to your home Xbox when abroad um, or home Xbox whenever you're not in the property or traveling around, etc. which means, again, you won't have to take the Series S or X with you. You're able to connect anywhere to either just xCloud and play games so you don't have to install them or your own home device um, away from home. Um, I think it's 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 awesome. It's more options, and that, at the end of the day, that's exactly what they set out to do: is provide more options to people, and more in easier ways for people to get into the next generation of gaming without spending fortunes. Um, and when you're coming up to like the, and of course, it probably will be it won't be ready for the holiday period. But I mean, if it is, that's phenomenal. Um, but if you're coming up to like holidays and things like that, and and a device like that's available, and and people are struggling to to think of things to get as presents um or, or want a second device somewhere in the home but can't justify paying 250 to 500 depending on what one they, they were looking at um, and this streaming device is available um, and they're going to get an awesome connection via xcloud using an ethernet um then of course of course they're going to jump into it it's it's a no-brainer i know i'll be picking one up anyway just to have around the house um and of course, built into that device, you've also got your standard apps. You've still got your Netflix. You've still got your YouTube's. You've still got your Disney Plus. So it will be used for everything. It's a and it's funny you say that because uh, I, I do want to add to that what you're talking about because a uh, friend of the show and friend of the community who constantly is out there uh, rubbing elbows with everyone, Tom Warren uh, of The Verge, put out an article where not only did he confirm that this is the prototype, and he confirmed that that is one hundred percent. The original prototype which is currently being reworked and he said that in his article which i have in front of me he also said something incredible uh, incredibly interesting to exactly your point this is not just going to be hey there's one app on this thing play xbox and go every app that you can find on your current tv like your netflix like your hulu like your disney plus like your paramount you name it here there and everywhere these apps are going to be a part of this device. And I think that that is the selling point outside of now. And again, it, it, it's this is, this is a very broad picture we're looking at. See, the difference between Sony proper currently is they have, they, and I've said this before, Jim Ryan and SIE are looking through a keyhole. 
That's yeah. why their business is failing. That's why they are petrified that Call of Duty is going to become Xbox first party, that Activision Blizzard games will eventually be exclusive to the Xbox. And this is where the broad picture comes in. This is this is the vision of Phil Spencer. Okay, consoles, I'm always going to be a console dude. Like, I don't care how great the connection is. I'm going to have a box underneath my TV, regardless of whatever it's called. If it's $500, I'm buying it. If $600, I'm buying it. I'm not a PC guy. I'm a, I'm a console straight up dude. Give me the box underneath the TV, and I'm good. Now, I'll try everything else. I'll purchase everything else. But my main play is always going to be the box. But that's not the, the, the grand scheme of the picture that we're looking at right now. They are trying to get Xbox everywhere. And at some point, once this ABK deal is uh, 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 is done Dutch, there's going to be a potential where Xbox Game Pass is going to be 50, 75, 100 million subscribers because the price of admission is low, but also the way you get into Xbox via a streaming box like this for $70 or $75 is going to be the difference maker. Folks, I'm here to tell you, and I've said this a gazillion times, and please, Dutch, tell me if I'm wrong. What won Sony the generation wasn't the hardcore. It was the normies. It was the casual audience that made up 80-plus percent of the 116 million consoles sold. Because why? They were the cool They were the cool place. They had yep. Spider-Man. They had God of War. They had Horizon. Yeah, they, for a while they had Crash Bandicoot. That's absolutely correct. So when you see the tables turn and Xbox is now in charge of uh, Crash Bandicoot and in charge of Call of Duty, plus all of their first party stuff, it's going to be a hard world to imagine that Sony continues to be number one in the market. I've been saying this for a while. I think that after this deal, you know, you give it a couple of months, you give it a year, give it 12 months, give it 18 months. Sony drops to number three. But the thing continue. that Sony need to do is just stick to their strengths. And the problem that they're trying to do is, is, is essentially they're just trying to combat every angle. Now, we obviously, they're going to need some form of streaming service to combat Game Pass. Yep. That is something they'll have to figure out over time. But the, they need to focus on their strengths. They've got so many unbelievably talented studios under their wings. And they're complaining about other studios that don't belong to them going elsewhere when they've got the capabilities in-house to combat pretty much every angle. They have IPs and they're in their backlog that they could make use of that they refuse to. A lot of IPs, and I think and many Shawnee fans will agree with that, there's a lot of dormant IPs that they've just left there rotting, resistance, fall of man and kill zone to be, to, to kind of SOCOM, another one, huge. You've got three major first-person shooters and and they do nothing with them, and then they're complaining about a third bit of first person shooter going multi from potentially exclusive. It's like well, you've got three of your own major IPs that you could very well do something with. You now have one of the best first person shooter development teams in the world as one of your first party studios in Bungie. You're telling me you can't do something with any of those IPs? So they they I'm can like, Dutch. The thing is, they, they don't want to because they've already been treated to this this fancy life with these AAA games they put out there. The boom, I just laughed. I didn't stop me right. a lot from laughing at the screen where you just made this enemy fly off like that. Anyway. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but he went flying. He, he, called, me by, he called me by surprise. Um, 
I was going to say, like, they're so used to, that's why they keep putting out these remasters the way they do, because they know that that's a guaranteed hit for, that's a guaranteed sale for them. So that's, that's why. Yeah, you, that's, that's yeah, actually, that's why. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say on, on that perspective, it's people keep saying, oh, Microsoft are buying X, Y, and Z. And yes, they are buying X, Y, and Z. And the reason they're buying X, Y, and Z is because they were that low on, on segments that they didn't have the talent to do. So we had a racer. We had a shooter. Did we have any other studios to do anything else? Absolutely not. We had Ray. Ray are eventually making the games that they want to make in Sea of Thieves and in Everwild. Mm-hmm. Um we have playground games now doing Fable, but of course they would only ever races. But before that, we we didn't have any other angles. We didn't have True. adventure. We didn't have open world. We didn't have RPG. Really, look at, look at Obsidian. We yeah, have exactly. got grounded. You got avowed. You have exactly. Outer Worlds two coming from them, so and, it's, and you got Pentiment. Xbox yeah. as it, well, Xbox and Microsoft had to invest in studios because mm-hmm. they had gaps left, right, and center True. that they couldn't do anything with. Yep. Sony have studios already in the house and ones that they've invested in since early 2000s, like 2001, etc., that are able to fill in pretty much every gap. And of course, Bungie being another one that fills in another gap. But they've they've had the Japanese studios working on on awesome fighting games. They've had the Dark Souls studios working on exclusive titles for them for years. They've had fighting games on the platform exclusive to them for a long time. They've it's. Action adventure games, third person action adventures specifically are, are absolutely major for them. Mm-hmm. And they're getting into these huge open world RPGs that we've seen in the likes of Days Gone and Horizon Forbidden West. So I, are- I think I think they're a bit of a I think they're a bit of a for lack of a better word, a slave to their own machinations. Because the thing I is I agree. That- that's a great that's a great that's a great analogy, dude. Honestly, yeah. very well said. Because they they banked on let's just make this triple A whatever game right and that's what they feast on that's it so now because of that a lot of the creativity that we would expect from them with the head during the during the ps3 era you don't see that anymore and a lot of their fans have complained about it i've been in spaces where they've the weirdness as yep. mr bad bit would say yes yes yeah. great points don't have that anymore and it's because they know that their bread and butter now are in those triple a you know, Last of Us and and Uncharted. So they they yep. feel like, okay, why should we go and make experiment and have these teams make up these you know creative games or uh, what do they call it their uh, passion project? When instead we can have them make this AAA game that's going to give us back our profits. So that's the thing I think is is hurt them too. And now yeah. they're playing a bit of catch up because now where they were already there with uh, you know streaming and such, they they let that die with the Gaikai uh, situation. And now, now they're using Microsoft. So, you know, Absolutely Mike, agree. yeah. And it's this good. is one time where Microsoft was not so far ahead of the game as they usually are, that it helped, that it worked in their benefit, to their benefit. Well, that's the thing. Sony used to, as you mentioned, Sony used to be the one that takes risks and has all of these really wacky IPs left, right, and center. I remember a game that a lot of people probably won't remember called Silent Bomber. And I really enjoyed that game. But, like you don't yeah. see them doing games like that anymore. You don't see them just yep. taking risks and making. That's crazy, because Dutch, new IP. Uh, they they the real, got the reliant. So, yeah, th- th- I think that the reason why we don't see that weirdness is because they became complacent. Yep. They became so you know cut and paste. And again, I, I folks, I'm not dissing them. I, I love Sony's first person. I don't think you know it is. Boom, I don't game. even think it was like ultimately complacent. I think the problem ha- we have specifically. Is of course we know the, the the complacency in PlayStation 3 wasn't down to games, it was down to the hardware. 
mm-hmm. um, made it overly complex for no reason, and developers hated it, which is why they favored the 360 that generation. Um, and on the opposite side in PlayStation 4, that's when the complacency came in afterwards because in PlayStation 4's generation, not only did Microsoft drop the ball big time, but PlayStation 4's generation had some of the most successful IPs ever. Yeah. Like they just dropped hit after hit after hit. And because of that, it again, when it coming into this generation, they just expected to be able to pick up from last time without any more effort. They were just like, oh, we'll just do exactly what we did and we'll win. And it's not, you can't, you can't rely, you can't rest on your laurels, as, as, as both of you yeah. have rightly said. You have to innovate, you have to keep trying new things and doing new things because eventually those IPs you've been relying on, and same goes for Xbox, been relying on Gears, been relying on Halo, been relying on Forza for years. So and true. You, can't, you cannot do that. You have to bring something new because eventually even the diehard fans of those franchises will get sick of playing just another one, another one, and another one, and another one. They want something new. <laughs> so you're right. 100%. And I mean, that's why I, I've often said I wish that they will allow the coalition or 343 to make something outside of those franchises. And we're getting that with the coalition. They're making oh, a, a separate game finally outside of Gears before they but make the one Gears thing that you mentioned as well with specifically with Obsidian is, and this is one thing where Xbox has excelled this year where their first-party AAA teams haven't done well, mm-hmm. what they have managed to do is, is team up with second-party yes. studios true, true. Um, or segments of their AAA studios to create these new experiences like Grounded mm-hmm. that no one else is like. They're just taking risks and saying, okay, like a little team wants to make a game. Okay, let them. Yep. Go for it. See what happens. <laughs> it's <laughs> a very different Microsoft compared to the Xbox we had in the exactly. Xbox One generation where Indeed. they would never have backed uh obsidian doing something like that so that is yeah that's a good point too and that's the thing and i think that's what sony has to kind of get back to i miss the the jack and dexters i miss you know like you pointed i miss the uh the uh what's the name of that game with that J- david jaffe made with the uh clown and all of that what's the name of that oh, oh, twisted, metal? Yeah. twisted metal oh, dude, the twisted metal black is one of my favorite playstation games of all time absolutely in loved Twisted Metal Black, so freaking good. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a, a soft reboot of what we all knew and loved. It was amazing. Yep. I miss those types of games. I miss where they actually, like you said, took risks and actually allowed some of those creative games. I know some people complained even about the I think uh, what was it Gravity? Um, is it Gravity Rush? Gravity Rush. Yeah, and that didn't see you know that didn't get greenlit for another sequel where people loved that and they thought that was Sony you know being allowing some of that creativity to flow through. Be weird. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But they are letting it get a TV show or something like that, right? Yes, like it it's is, getting a show, yeah. but they're like it's getting not a show, but no game. game. Yeah. A TV show, but Can't wait for the Days Gone have a show. Game. That's <laughs> yeah, the Days Gone show has a has a. I mean, it, it's almost disgusting that the, the the way that the Days Gone lead producer had to leave Sony that he that he broke out and he oh, had yeah. all those negatives to say like you'll never get that guy back again. Yeah, uh, yeah. and they could have greenlit uh, Days Gone. Listen. Gorgeous game. Fine. It was actually loved. It was loved by the fans. And by the, many people. The only reason Indeed. it didn't get yeah. greenlit, the only reason was down to Metacritic. Yes. That's silly. Ridiculous. And That's people try to write off Metacritic. Metacritic doesn't matter. It does matter. It does. We've seen it. it does. Yeah. Showing it absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, I don't blame them for having a high meta, like uh, understanding of what they want their games to have, this high rating quality, whatever. But the game 
wasn't like under like it didn't score that terribly and it sold well enough so it should yeah, have that it was like mid, the, the thing is is that and the main thing i would be looking at especially from microsoft's standpoint isn't the the critical review it's the user review score if that user review score yeah. is terrible and the critical review score high you know it's the users you need to focus on they're ultimately the ones that are purchasing the game the critics on you give the critics some free so why are you worried about what the critics think when it's the users ultimately that are paying their money and will give you a, a more honest review? They've paid the money for that game. Like ultimately, if it works, if and what Metacritic really ultimately needs to do in the future anyway for user reviews is do the Steam route, where they, you can see how long they've played the game for and if they've yes. played the game at all. Um, but yeah, if that's essentially what Sony needs to do, in my opinion anyway. And I think that would give developers more of a chance at, at, at future IPs than the way Sony are doing it now. Because I think Sony see essentially if it doesn't if it doesn't essentially hit eighty five plus on Meta, it's dead in the water. Which is a shame. Yeah, which is definitely a shame. But listen, folks, we got one more topic we're going to get into. But before we do, we got to thank a new channel member, Galveston has become a new channel member thank you much. that's very kind of you but definitely appreciate that we are closing in folks and i still I can't believe it it's it's again a small channel nearly 130 channel members that is freaking awesome mrs boomstick and i cannot thank you enough for the support and with that said before we get into the rest of the super chats and the last topic of the show we are doing a bonus giveaway folks uh for halloween which is a monday that is going to be an un, uh, uh, Xbox lunch break special, a uh, Halloween edition. Mrs. Boom and I decided to uh, give away another $200 worth of uh, gift cards, eight $25 gift cards for the total amount of 200 bucks. The first four are going to be raffled off to the uh, between the 130 channel members that we have. The other four are going to be people that are in the panel, I, I mean, in the, in the chat. During the live stream, uh, hey, we got Boxenberger that popped in here. That's great, Boxenberger. <laughs> welcome, brother. Thank you so much for being here. You actually you came at the at the nick of the time because we're going to get into the, the Redfall conversation. Um, Sweet, but uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here. But yeah, so next uh, the, the the Monday um, uh, of Halloween, we're doing a two hundred dollar giveaway, and the following Friday, folks, Mrs. Boom, because it's her birthday, November first, we are giving away five hundred dollars. For Mrs. Boom's birthday bash, same as mine, $500. First half of the uh, prizes go to channel members. If you're a channel member, you get, obviously, uh, first crack at those. And, again, $500 worth of uh, of giveaways for that particular show. As we get closer, we will break that down to let you know. But $700 in two weeks we're giving away. And all you got to do is be a channel member, be a channel subscriber, and be in the chat. And you got a shot at one of those prizes but I do want to move. I, I do got to catch up on the super chats. It's been quite a few of them. So I'll we'll say a big thank you to that. Dragon Heart Yobi, good friend of the program, um, uh, drops a very generous uh, additional $5 super chat and says, Eyes were a little bit on the industry after Phil made that 2 billion gamer statement. Eyebrows rose. Now everyone else outside of it wants in. You're absolutely correct with that. We also have uh, Lakeith. Le- 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 uh, drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, funny, all eyes were on the third shelf, but the second shelf is, uh, that is not a Series S uh, that is way too big and the power button on it uh, is on the wrong side. 
yeah, I mean, he he does things very, very funny. And I love that he gets out there and he does this and he gives us something to talk about. Highlander 001 drops a $5 super chat and says, great panel and show. I would get I would get this as a gift for friends and family if the price is low enough. The stream box and the family and uh, family plan would be fire. Indeed, it would. And I think that's where you see numbers go through the roof. Arigato, sir, drops a very generous $5 super chat and says that I believe this device will launch when 4K streaming is available on xCloud because they want 4K to be put on the box to sell to the consumers. And I think you're onto something with, uh, for sure. Sir X-Men drops a $2 super chat and says this device goes after Google Chromecast. It absolutely does. There, there's no doubt about that. But, folks, let's get into the conversation of Redfall. Now, it was done by accident, done by purpose, however you want to put it. We have we have word that, well, I mean, we know that Redfall is releasing next year. We've seen a lot of video of it. We've seen a lot of gameplay of it. Game looks fire. Game is going to be great for single and multiplayer. I think that this game is going to live on in the in, in the for the ages in multiplayer. This is a game you're going to hang out with your buddies and get down and play. And uh, it's gonna look. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. But that's not just the topic we're gonna talk about. It's not Redfall specifically that we're talking about. It's the information that came out where they're targeting a late March release in 2023. Now this came the way, and it was cited by the journalist of Okami Games, and the same anonymous source also reported that the pre-ordering of the deluxe edition will grant one week early access to Redfall, among other bonuses. But you see, the question, and I'll start first with with Boxenberger, who's here, is the importance of what is the first of the four games that we know coming out for Xbox First Party in 2023. Now, we know, obviously, that there are some marketing deals. There are some console-exclusive second- and third-party deals but I think everyone that is an Xbox fan is going to be looking towards their first party, which unfortunately came up short this year to give these three games that were delayed extra time. And of course, I'm talking about Motorsport, Starfield, and specifically Redfall. Uh, Boxenberger, my question to you, and, and this is, of course, to the chat, what is the importance of this being the first of the big games coming out for first party that it hits in 2023? Uh-oh, are you muted? Oh, you're muted. There you go. Ah, there we go. That's he. Uh, not only am I late now, <laughs> I mess up the microphone. <laughs> I'm so sorry for being late, by the way. I was held up by my managers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Real life, brother. Don't sweat it. 13 hours of workday behind me, so I'm ready to talk gaming now. Um, listen, it's a fantastic question. Uh, the thing is... After this incredible try streak of what looks like now will be 15 to 16 months, um, if, if that end of March um, deal uh, uh, release happens, we have basically a 15 16 months try streak from, from Xbox first party uh, um, games, um, not counting Pendiment here, obviously, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it kind of needs, needs to hit hard. Um, a me mediocre game um, wouldn't do it. The, the The narrative would be all over it that Xbox still can't deliver games. So they have to bring their A game. But 
I have no doubt that Redfall will be that game. It will be fantastic. It looks very far in development. Whenever we've seen it, we've seen quite a lot of it so far. Uh, not just at E3. They have shown uh, um, a lot of other uh, gameplay clips and stuff. And it looks really, really good already. So now this game really got that extra time that needs that it, it might need to get from an 85 to a 90. You know what I mean? That's that, And that's exactly what they need. Uh, Xbox can start 2023 with, with a mediocre game, um, but I have no doubt that Arcane will deliver. Um, they, <clears throat> they have been one of these studios that kind of always have these very special games. If you look at Prey, if you look at a Dishonored, and even a Deathloop, and and Deathloop wasn't my kind of game, but I'm I'm still giving them a lot of credit for doing things differently. But sometimes it kind of felt like games were maybe a little rushed, a little polished here and there. And I feel that this is the exact same thing with Redfall than we have seen with Psychonauts 2, where Microsoft just came in. Hey, you have this real, real great foundation, but here's a little extra time, a little extra money, and we all know what happened. Psychonauts 2, they added the boss fights, they refined some of the of the um, story elements uh, in, in the later game and so on. And that's what they did. And I feel like we have a similar situation here because whenever we have seen the game, it looked already like, hey, dude, let me play it. But there must be a reason why they said, hey, we need an extra year and then we're going to hit hard. And that's what how Xbox needs to start the next year after such an incredible long time without releases. So, um, yeah, the importance is there. Uh, let's she see if they will deliver. I still have the feeling that this won't be the first game to release. Um, I'm not 100% sure, uh, but I, I feel like Redfall might be the second and that we will um, see either one of the smaller releases, um, like the, what's the, the real-time strategy game Oh, uh, Age of Empires? Not Age of Empires, the other one um, that they announced during E3. Uh, it was like Aura, History Untold or yes, something like that. History Untold, exactly, yeah. Right, They're either that or Minecraft, uh, Minecraft Legends. Um, Maybe, yeah, my, is it, that'd be a good start because Minecraft Legends is exactly. going to be a beast, bro. It's yeah. going to be a beast. Exactly. Um, it might not be the beast for the hardcore gaming community. They are more looking like for Starfield and Redfall and Forza, but it it still would be a, a juggernaut. So I feel like they will start that year with that. But from the big AAA blockbusters as we all want, I've, I think Redfall is the obvious first to go. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, but that's exactly what, what Xbox needs. They need quality games next year. They can't bring out a Starfield or, or a Redfall or a Forza, and it can just be mediocre. They kind of need to hit hard. And But I have no doubt that they will. So, yeah, um, I'm very positive for 23, honestly. Nice. Now, real quick, uh, we got breaking news from people in the chat. Uh, Nelson Rivera, shout out to him. Uh, Kia Walker, a good friend of, of mine. Uh, it was just announced, ladies and gentlemen, uh, via Microsoft Connect. Uh, I guess it's uh, it's an event that's going on, which I'm going to have to I'm going to I'm going to read. We're not going to get into it because I'm going to talk about it tomorrow night as, again, another topic for primetime gaming. So tune in. But this is big. X, X Cloud Gaming, folks, 
Uh, Xbox Game Pass apparently is launching on another platform, and it has been confirmed by Satya Nadala that Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta is coming to MetaQuest Store, meaning their VR. Uh, so you'll be able to play your Game Pass games in VR. I don't know what the extent of them are. It's probably going to just be on a big screen. But the fact that that is actually happening on MetaQuest 2 in the future is pretty bonkers when you think about you know, giving you some another device to play Xbox Game Pass. It, it, it's They just continue to allow for everyone to be a part of the conversation, and I think that that is where Microsoft and why Microsoft is going to take over the uh, the gaming space as we know it. But uh, let, let's bring in Dutch uh, on this on this particular topic regarding Redfall. Uh, Boxenberger doesn't think that's going to be the first game. He does make a lot of sense when he says that it could be, of course, the smaller title, which it, I say small only in in development size, not not worth because anything Minecraft is gonna is gonna slap. But what for you? What is the importance of a game like Redfall, which is expected to be a AAA bomb for Xbox and launching early next year, being one of the first AAA games? for Xbox game studios to launch. Yeah, I think I think the the importance is as as Boxenberger mentioned there is is huge. Um they haven't like this year has been the worst on record for Xbox. Yeah, it sure has. Anything. Um yes, of course, as a backup what they've done is provided as many games as possible in the Game Pass and that's a nice consolation. Um but they'll be judged on what they produce themselves as well. And then coming off the back of a year where they were the the number one rated publisher um, in gaming um, to to not releasing a single game <laughs> themselves the next year um, shows kind of the the rise and fall of of what Xbox did. They they had all of the momentum, um, and this year um, from a first well first party perspective lost that momentum entirely. Um, that's just it's what we always say it, the xbox biggest weakness is consistency agreed yeah. agreed and redfall has to kickstart that consistency now thankfully again through second party partnerships the tail end of this year isn't isn't wasted um yes we we got death loop eventually um but let's face it that game's already been out it's been out on PC and PlayStation for a while now, so we're not we're not going to shout about that one like it's a brand new game because it isn't, um, and they're not going to get off the hook that easily. Um, but on on another front, um, thankfully we have Plague Tale Requiem coming up. We have Scorn coming up. Yes, um, this this we have, week is a match. Yeah. Scorn this week. Yeah. yeah, we've got a good end to the year. We've still got High on Life. We've still got things obviously we've got awesome additions to game pass from a second party perspective which is great but from a first party perspective next year xbox need to hit it out the park immediately redfall is the probably one of the first of, of the studios um releases of next year or the the, the publishers releases next year um and that absolutely needs to, to hit it on all fronts it needs to stand out from the crowd it needs to um, impress on the gameplay front graphically from a story perspective um, and, and replayability. Essentially, it just on, on all fronts, it does need to hit. Um, and we have to stress the importance of this, of course, because it, it'll set the tone for the rest of the year as well for Xbox. Um, if that knocks it out of the park, then the tone will be essentially okay. It's a good start. Now it needs to continue. Um, 
And we know that they've still got Forza to release. They've got Starfield to release all next year. This is not including additional games that will be announcing to release next year as well. We could have some further news at the Game Awards about games that might be releasing next year. So, um, yeah, the importance is huge. Um, I'm really excited for Redfall. Um, initially, I wasn't. Um, it looked cool, but I, I wasn't quite sure on it until until they showed gameplay of it. Um, of course, the caveat was that it was delayed until next year. <laughs> but we saw gameplay, and the gameplay impressed. Um, it looked really fun. Um, I liked the fact that um, in the co-op elements, you weren't kind of restricted by, like most co-op games are, where if one person chooses a character, no one else can. Um, on this, essentially, everyone can be the same character if you really want to. Um, so they've got no restrictions on that front. Um, but it's also a, a big kind of semi-open, open-ish world, um, a bit like a Left 4 Dead mixed with a Borderlands with loads of uh, abilities and uh, a good story. So yeah. it looks it looks very intriguing, put it that way. It's something different. There's also like, a horror element that seemed yeah. in play, for oh, sure. Absolutely. It's, and it, the one thing that we mentioned before, and we had obviously on the previous topic, was is bringing something new to the table. Whether And this this occasion, of course, we usually get with zombie shooters and things like that, but vampires and everything that comes with vamp is not really, of course, we had Vampire Masquerade and, and all of that in that particular franchise. But from this kind of gameplay style, we haven't had something like that before. And again, when you're talking about like a Borderlands mixed with a Left 4 Dead-esque scenario where you're in this kind of, um, you've got different types of vampires going after you and with different abilities and you've got to hunt them down and kill them all and you've got a robot companion and it's something different It's and it's again taking risks um, so it absolutely it needs to hit it out of the park but it's a brand new IP uh, and one of many brand new IPs that are going to be coming to Xbox this generation so um, I think the emphasis really on on for this for Redfall to do well is primarily because it is a new IP. And uh, when you when you introduce a new IP to to the audience, you want it to hit it out of the park because of course you want to have a potential new franchise going forward. You don't just want to release a game, it does well and then just forget about it. The reason you create a game is because you've got a world in in your mind that you want to kind of elaborate on. And if any designer will tell you about it, they've the, the initial story that they tell in their first game is just a story that can stretch out as far as the law takes them, as far as their imagination goes on the story that they want to tell. So as long as that first game does well for uh, for Redfall, it could be a brand new franchise, but it has to hit it out of the park. And for Xbox, it's exactly the same. We've had we've they've rested on their laurels for far too long on the major staple IPs, as we mentioned previously again. Your Halos, your Gears, your Forzas, what they need to do coming at this generation um, and going forward from next year onwards is is try to find some more new figureheads. We potentially have that with Senua in, in Hellblade 2. Um, we potentially have that figurehead there as long as that hits it out of the park as well, but Redfall could be another figurehead moment there with some with some awesome characters. So hugely important. Boom. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Let's let's bring an Umbra, uh, Infinite Umbra, onto this conversation. Uh, but real quick, uh, this was just put across my again. This is this is crazy. You want you folks, you want to think that Microsoft is the only one 
making acquisitions. Well, it was just announced by Wario64 18 minutes ago on Twitter where he has confirmed that Meta has acquired Camouflage Gaming, uh, Twisted Pixel, and Armature Studios. Uh, these studios were responsible for many, many games. Uh, Endeavor One came from Camouflage, uh, who partnered with Sony Interactive and Marvel Entertainment, and they did Iron Man VR, which has been confirmed to be coming to uh, MetaQuest 2. Um, and uh, yeah, more, more acquisitions being made in the gaming space. And yes, Meta has acquired three studios announced just minutes ago. But let's get back to Infinite Umbra. Uh, Infinite, uh, what for you personally, what is the importance of Redfall specifically targeting first quarter 2023? Uh, I think the significance of it is, is I think, uh, Dutch kind of covered it well. And we talked about this in a space recently where we were saying the thing for Microsoft for them, what they have to prove is, is that they've made this turnaround with all their AAA, at least shown some semblance of turnaround with the AAA, where the quality is undeniable. And I think something like this takes away a bit of that stigma where a lot of our, uh, you know, hooved brothers try to dismiss game pass as you know having fodder and things of that nature so something like redfall dropping in and coming out rating well and being well received i think is it only speaks well to the uh, game pass growing more and more and more people jumping in and enjoying it joining into it <clears throat> i was going to say too much like dutch i didn't I, when i first saw redfall i wasn't blown away by it i was like eh and I guess it was because of the old back for blood thing and all that it didn't really leave a, 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 I guess, a great taste in my mouth. I didn't dislike the game, but it just didn't wow me. So when I saw it, I wasn't impressed until the showcase. And then the showcase turned my whole my whole mind around on that. So I think the game will be great because it's arc, it's uh, arcane and they, they make great games. So I think for the future of uh, Xbox Game Pass, it, as long as this and and the games we have next year, hit the way we are hoping they hit and you know they're great games i think it's going to jump that that 2.9 billion we saw in game pass up to a good 5 billion maybe over time with you know the acquisition acquisition going through abk next year so i think it has a lot of significance just based on the growth of xbox because if it's received terribly obviously people are going to lose less incentive to actually stick around with the uh, subscription service especially after having somewhat of a rougher year yeah, this year I, and only having double A games. Yeah. No, first absolutely. Par, first party double A games to be clear. Right. Well, you know what? Next year is going to be the year where I think that they, they've, I mean, we've heard this before and a lot of people are tired of talking about it, but just based on the three games that we know are coming and potentially Hellblade 2 at the back end of the year, plus you look at all of their third party, second party exclu console exclusives, Game Pass is going to really show its worth and it and it's and it's coming in a time where just the holiday before which of course this is an upcoming holiday they're going to have a friends and family plan that offers five people on one plan for five bucks a piece and hardware that not only you can buy the most expensive or you can get a you know a, you know a 70 dollar streaming box it is it is going to be game over for the industry and i think that's this is something that microsoft has been striving for since the old uh, OG Xbox, and they're finally going to have a chance to be out of third place. But before we close out today's show, let's get Daniel McGee's opinion on the importance of 
uh, Redfall hitting in first quarter. For you seeing, again, everyone had great points about this year being very, very light. Uh, people are waiting for the bangers. This is going to be a big one. And listen, Arcane, say what you want about them. Maybe their games aren't for you, but they do, do release great games. Every one of their games have been not only critically uh, successful, but they've been monetarily successful as well. What are your thoughts on the importance of this game hitting first quarter of 2023? You know, I think as long as something hits first quarter of 2023, I think we should be fine. Like if Redfall gets pushed to second quarter or whatever, I don't think it's going to be game over. Um, but I do think it's going to be an absolutely massive hit when it comes through. You know, Arcane historically has performed really well in terms of you know review scores and just you know word of mouth like everyone who plays arcane games seems to really like them right they don't necessarily do super well in terms of sales numbers for whatever reason um, but with game pass that's not really so much a concern so i think that this is going to really take off i think once people sort of get in and start playing around with that that you know gun in one hand powers in the other you know classic arcane formula i think people are going to really fall in love you know um i would not be surprised at all if redfall became you know the next sort of big game pass game and if it even became one of those games where you know it it starts we start hearing about it being like bridged out into like the tv space or like it gets a, a movie on freeform or something right because like i mean they already they already announced one for grounded i can't imagine that redfall is going to be any smaller than that you know what i mean so i think that this is one of those franchises where as long as it hits and it isn't just completely broken at launch which is hopefully not gonna be the case after this fairly lengthy delay um i think it has a, a lot of potential and i think that it sort of it hits a a space in the the xbox market that is sort of devoid at the moment um in that that really fun like co-op multiplayer pve experience right because you can do you know player versus player in halo and gears and all that uh, but there's no official co-op in, in halo at the moment and so i feel like that's something that's sort of missing out of the catalog and this will be the answer to it i mean hopefully we have co-op in halo before this comes out but you know i'm not holding my breath at this point um and it's you know one, one of the things that i I've seen people in the chat talking about uh, is how well this sort of pairs with other games that are coming out that year or 2023, right? Because it's this and it's Starfield and it's just going to be this crazy lineup. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's sort of been slept on a little bit just because it's, it's a new IP. And so, you know, it doesn't get that same level of hype that other things tend to, you know, things, big sequels are always going to be more exciting, I think for people than the new IP. Uh, but I think this has a lot of potential. Uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up from the previous topic, the the streaming, the thing on the, on the shelf uh, is I saw people in the chat wanting us to, to mention some of the other things that were on the shelf um is there's that alan wake faceplate and there's the the life is strange like i think it's a, a vinyl or something I got yeah it. uh if if those are also hints at like future acquisitions or even future partnerships it just makes the catalog of xbox that much more powerful because like 100%. remedy is this extremely like extremely good sort of horror franchise uh, you know, don't nod over doing the life strange. And of course, tell me why, which are both amazing. That serves itself to game pass. So fantastically with that episodic format. I think, I think game pass is the place in which an episodic game could really thrive. Uh, 
And then, of course, you've got the the collector's edition Elder Scrolls sword at the top. Uh, does that mean that there's a FromSoft partnership? You know what I mean? Like, I think with all of these things and the Activision Blizzard deal going through and Redfall and all these games that we know are coming out in 2023, I think, selfishly as a content creator, I think it's going to be an extremely exciting year. But even just as somebody who's going to be playing these games, I... I can't wait for this year to be over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I think you're on something. I, I think 2023 is going to be a year, especially if you're an Xbox gamer, to really uh, be wowed by the potential of what this service or the streaming service is going to offer. Uh, yeah, I just want to address something real quick before we get to the outros. Uh, R.L. Stein, I want to say thanks so much for being here. He says this, saying that it will be game over for the industry is exactly what would make this deal get blocked. And maybe that's me. I, I misrepresented what I meant. It's game over for Microsoft being in third place. The industry as a whole is going to change. It's going to change because of Microsoft. Microsoft is going to do things and is currently doing things that is indeed changing the industry. And that's what competition is about. Uh, Sony, for two decades, has been the console market leader. Again, digest that for a second. For over 20 years in gaming, which is probably more years than people actually are alive in the in the chat right now that have been playing games sony has been the market leader they're no longer going to be the market leader but not because of just money now you know this this this, microsoft isn't money hatting the industry they're making investments to make the industry better sony has sat on their hands for too long and they have gotten fat and they have gotten complacent and they're the exact kind of ruler or king that you read about in storybooks that take their subjects for granted. And that's and, and the subjects I'm talking about is the fan base. And because of this complacency and because my uh, because new uh, companies like Microsoft, who have been in the industry for a while and have sat at third place without saying much, have quietly done these investments that Sony can't do, number one, or want to do, number two. So is the industry in in jeopardy? No, the industry is going to be making billions and billions of dollars. Sony is the one that's potentially in trouble, and not not because of anything Microsoft has done. Follow the stock market, folks. They are down 49.6% in their stocks for SIE versus last year. Whose fault is that? Is that Microsoft's fault? No, but the announcement of ABK certainly made investors, you know, their stock less valuable. And that's because Sony is sitting on their hands. They're not making any investments into the industry outside of locking down content away from you and me on their box. So if anyone to, anyone's to blame for the lackluster uh, market share that Sony is, 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 is that currently is you know well the the stock market is, is is Sony. It's not anyone else. They they are not investing in the industry. They are not investing in uh, their own platform to make things different, to make it more affordable. And I'm not going to go on and on about why they continue to rake their players over the coals. But let's get to the outros. We're going to start with first our guest that jumped in. We had uh, Kaysante jump in earlier wandering dutch sell your brand brother talk about where they can reach out to you on social media but more importantly subscribe to your youtube channel and check out your show tomorrow yes indeed yes indeed actually i'm streaming in less than an hour doing a sea of thieves stream oh, nice well there you go um, 
that's also changing a little bit actually um going forward we will be doing we'll be changing that into what's known as a playcast so essentially we'll be getting members of the sea of thieves community and hopefully in the future sea of thieves developers um on board to talk about the game as we play the game so it's a podcast mixed with a play session um but yeah that's later on this evening and uh, of course uh, every Wednesday, you can uh, find us at the Midweek Mixer podcast uh, and uh, every Sunday, the weekend edition as well. Um, and of course, joining the awesome Boxenberger when he does his outro, he'll uh, inform you about his show. But um, And of course, tomorrow evening, primetime gaming. So I am everywhere these days. And the gaming community is better for it, sir. <laughs> Thank you, brother. But yes, it's been, again... Awesome to jump in. Uh, I, I saw the bat signal, so I, I thought I'd, uh, I'd jump in I before the show it. started and and uh, lend my opinions to this awesome show. But uh, yeah, again, always always awesome with with Umbra and, and Boxy and yourself, and great to meet uh, MCG as well. Um, nice to podcast with you, brother. Um, and to the chat as always, great stuff. Um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your days. Yes, well, thank you so much for that. Definitely appreciate you being here, uh, Daniel McGee. Say your brand, brother. You got you make great long and short content on your YouTube channel. Talk about that. Where can people subscribe? And more importantly, where can people reach out to you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Daniel J McGee or on YouTube at just Daniel McGee. Uh, that's Daniel MCG. It, I uh, haven't put out a video in the last week because I'm working on a, a really big project. It's it's the most research and the most scripting and outlining I've done, I think, for, for any video I've ever done. So hopefully nice. it pays off. <laughs> but come on down. I think that's going to be really exciting for people. Uh, I should have it up next week. Nice. So. Well, looking forward to it. Love the long content, especially when you do your research. And we know that you do. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here, Daniel. And uh, everyone's information will be in the show notes where you can just simply click twice and subscribe and hit that bell icon and support everyone that not only supports this community, but supports Double Barrel Gaming. Infinite Umbra, sell your brand, brother. Talk about your Friday podcast, which is going to be very spicy. There's no doubt about it. And where can people reach out to you on social media? Oi. You like can find me on Twitter under Umbra Infinite or Infinite Umbra. Either, oh, wait, wait. <clears throat> Is that Jim out. Ryan? That was Jim Ryan again. He snuck up on me. God damn it, Jim Ryan. He, he's trying to stop this thing. He's trying to stop this deal at any cost. He's you know, I've never seen him. Umbra and Jim Ryan in the same place at the same time. I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to get suspicious. I, I, have to, I have to agree there. It was me all along. <laughs> no, but uh, you, got, you all can find me under Umbra Infinite or Infinite Umbra on Twitter. You'll find me either way. Of course, as Boone pointed out, you can find me on the Xbox Infinite podcast this Friday at eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I struggle to remember the guest that we had right now, but I, I last week forgot to mention when we had Colt coming through. It was I don't know what the hell happened, but we still managed to get like five hundred people to come through. That was pretty impressive. Nice. So that was good. Um, you know, I'm working on actually starting my own podcast right now. So I'm in Great, the works dude. Of that. Good stuff. We'll help you. Yeah. We'll help you pr- uh, promote that as soon as you get that done. Get that. Get working it. on that. That's I awesome. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. So I got Risk. I have Jedi. I have a few other people kind of get brainstorming with them, and I got like a logo 
made up and things of that nature. And I even got a guy who's going to, you know, do the uh, intro song for me and things like this. It's coming along. Yeah. So, but uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat. Of course, you guys on the panel and boom, of course, you so graciously welcoming us in. And uh, Dutch, thanks for joining us in box. Thank you too, brother. And Danny always, of course, bro. um, And the chat, thank you all for just being here and supporting us and, you know, raising our spirits with such nice comments that you all say. Yeah, and your knowledge, is, and your knowledge too. Yeah, no, this is this is very knowledgeable and very very uh, welcoming chat, and we're very proud of that. And last in no way least, Boxenberger, sell your brand, brother. You got a show coming up at the end of the week with, of course, the Wandering Dutch. Where can people check that out? And more importantly, reach out to you on social media. Yeah, first, uh, apologies again for being so late, but at least I caught the last topic. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's always great to be on your show. Uh, of course, with this amazing panel. Uh, Ambra, Danny, you guys are awesome. And Dutch, uh, I podcast with you so much, I have no idea <laughs> how, how, how many shows we are together. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, uh, boom, you said it. Uh, on my channel, the Boxenberger channel, you can find it on YouTube and everywhere else. Um, we have on Thursday our podcast, The World of Gaming, um, coming up uh, this week with a special guest, Pong Soul. Uh, and I say special because uh, he's been avoiding me for months now. For months. Crazy, uh, crazy. I, I'd be crazy. insulted at this point. Yeah, but uh, we finally make it happen. We finally make it happen. <laughs> You'll be on the show. It's going to be awesome. And um, <clears throat> yeah, next week, next week, we're going to have a very, very special episode on a Wednesday. Uh, okay. But we'll... Nice. We're going to announce uh, why we are moving it uh, to Wednesday. Actually, we we'll probably will have just two shows next week, a special episode on Wednesday and regular on Thursday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, over the weekend, we're going to announce what is going to happen on, on Wednesday next week, and it's going to be super special. So Nice. nice. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. That's right. Find Boxenberger at the same name on Twitter. Subscribe. Follow him. You'll get all the information there. Real quick, Jerome TJ drops an additional $5 Super Chat and says, with the ABK... Uh, they can make Ve- Ve- uh, Vigilante 8, which is a Twisted Metal clone. I'd imagine next holiday, next year's holiday streaming box with family plan for 80 bucks. Yeah, impossibly. You never know. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here, for continuing to support Double Barrel Gaming. I want to say a big thank you to the over 400 people we had here. That is awesome. A big shout out to all the Super Chats that continue to come in and support Double Barrel Gaming with our way of giving back and that's all the 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 uh you know the giveaways that mrs boomstick and i fund we do that through super chat through channel membership and of course i'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me hopefully one day it'll be important to you and that's something that my dad told me with kids and he would say craig treat others how you want to be treated and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice you live by those rules son i can guarantee you you're gonna have an awesome day so take care everyone we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the xbox factor podcast Wandering Dutch uh, box, no problem, no sweat about being here late. And of course, da- Daniel McGee, Infinite Umbra, thank you so much for being here, gentlemen. I normally like okay. to hang out and BS, but I gotta bounce. I gotta take this call from the hospital. My mom is okay, but I gotta, I gotta take this. I will keep everybody updated. You guys, love you. Uh, right, enjoy boy. the rest of your day, and we'll glad, talk soon. Glad the mom's doing better, man. Likewise. Yeah. Awesome stuff.